Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to 94 and More, presented by Bristol Studio. While a basketball court might be 94 feet, we believe it's limiting to solely look at this beautiful game as a sport. In our minds, it's closer to an art form, even a tool through which we can study the world and learn about ourselves. I'm your host, Jake Fenster, and on this podcast, we will explore the game of basketball, not only as a sport, but as a dynamic force that influences culture, builds bridges, and has the ability to shape our national conversation. Hope you enjoy. As always, feel free to reach out to us at 94 at bristol-studio.com and follow us on Instagram at Bristol Studio and at 94 and more podcast. All right, let's get into the show. Today, I'm joined by Vic. Vic, how you doing? You're back in Chicago now. You were out here for a couple of days. How'd you enjoy LA? Oh, yeah, man. LA was cool. It's good to get a little break. Uh, Being across the pond for uh, seven months, you know, uh, Really can get a guy tired, so it was good to get home. And then take a vacation to good old L.A. See my boy Jake Fencer and a couple other mates out there. We had a good time. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was good. It, it wasn't too crazy. Nah, L.A. is never too crazy, man. So it's a chill, decent vibe out there. So how has the rehab process been for you? So once you got back, you kind of jumped quickly back into getting your ankle ready um, and just kind of where are you at? Take us through that. Yeah, I um, so I had surgery April fifteenth um, on my ankle, ankle st- stabilization uh, to repair some stuff. Surgery went really well, uh, so that was that was great. But I, I started kind of my rehab as soon as I got out of the cast. So for about a week or two there in Australia, um, I was doing a lot of ankle mobs, uh, relearning how to walk. You know, getting my gait pattern and uh, the full lower body chain mean? working. What does that mean? The gait pattern. Yeah, so um, your feet really are, like, super important for your uh, lower body chain. Um, like, you need your base or your foundation really to be solid for the, everything else to work, right? Like, all the muscles are interconnected, as I'm sure as everyone knows. Um, but if you're walking the wrong way, if, if, if certain bones are out of alignment, if you're tight, if, if just be doing, like, the smallest thing incorrectly, it can uh, kind of mess up the whole the whole chain. So I apparently, you know, in my kind of body, I apparently had been walking on the outside of my foot um, for however long. I guess I had sprained my ankle once before and it kind of shifted things. So a lot of the force, um, the way through my walking, through my jumping, running, was going on the outside of my feet. Um, so I was putting a lot of pressure on my perineal tendon, which is what I tore. And uh, my Achilles and just a lot of stuff up the, the back of my legs. So I had to relearn how to um, how to walk and immediately correct that while still being able to um, strengthen the muscles. What does that mean exactly when you say relearning how to walk? Like, take us through the first step and then, like, where you go from there. Because your body's obviously trained to walk the way you've done it your whole life. Right. So how do you even start about changing a, you know, your mechanics, something that you've just known for 25 years. Yeah, I mean, it's tough for sure. Like um, when the surgeon told me, you know, you're walking 
somewhat funny and like, you know, this is, you're putting a lot of pressure on us. I like beat them. Just like, this is just how I walk. Right. Like it's, it's my norm. I didn't know, I, you know, in, in my case, I didn't know that when you walk, you're supposed to walk on, you know, the ball of your foot and your big toe. Like, you know, I guess I, I kind of knew that, but like in my head, I thought I was doing it right. Like I didn't have a force plate at home to like measure where I was putting pressure on my feet yeah. and stuff. So I just really have to emphasize like my remedial arch and like, using that right? like I gotta I gotta relearn how to to plant off the ball on my foot jump using my big toe because before I guess I was just taking a lot of the force from my jump and sprint like I just wasn't using a lot of it so I was kind of hindering myself or I was um compensating right like mm-hmm. like I said um sometime in the past I probably um twisted my ankle and so a couple of bones out of alignment ligaments got stretched so in my like subconsciously, I probably was like, "All right, it's probably painful to go on my build on my, my big toe, so I'm just gonna go on the outside. I'm not gonna cut this way. I'm not gonna plant like this. I'm gonna stop dunking on foot and foot. You know, like I was just subconsciously making these decisions. Um, and now I'm just you know building from the ground up, getting back to it. Man, that's wild. You got me thinking over here. Like I know for a fact, my whole gate is messed up. I, I definitely so. want. I'm definitely. <laughs> My, my remedial arch is not where it's not firing how it should. I'm definitely not walking on my big right. toe. You're right. That's, that's a takeaway from this podcast. Be yeah. like, you know what? If I'd be in the league if I was getting my remedial arch together. I'm not even using anything down there. I'd be, I think I'd be dunking. I need to learn how to dunk because <laughs> the fact that I am as tall as I am and I can't dunk. What do you mean as tall as you are? You're also not like super long either. Like you're like, yeah, but it's like crazy. Yeah, but I mean, I can jump like. I can jump enough. I there's no reason why I can't be done. You think you should I just, do it easily? Done. I I just don't know how to do it. I don't. Right. I, I never like tried. You know, people right. are always trying to dunk, and I was like, yeah, I'm not even gonna think about it. So yeah. I don't know my mechanics of of running up and jumping like to dunk right there. are terrible. Like okay. I pro, are I you approach it like saying you're gonna pay for training to start dunking. <laughs> well, I gotta talk to Carter, my roommate, because he could probably right. train me. The thing <laughs> okay. is, like. I approached, like, I have a video of me dunking off one alley-oop that Charlie threw me, mm-hmm. and I barely dunked it. But you know, a nine and a half foot rim, right? I saw I think it was, like, it was, like, nine and nine inches. Was, yeah, we, you know. we saw it. We saw but, it outside. But my approach was, like, a volleyball approach. I approached it like I was going up for a hit in volleyball, and that's just not – it's just, like, not explosive. It's right. a It's a different movement. Like, you yeah. have to really plant and shoot up. And like I said, my remedial is it arches, the same thing for volleyball plant and shoot. No, it's no, it's different. I'm saying that you don't like you don't have to, you don't plant as um, it's not as explosive. It's a different it, it's a different jump technique. It's right? a different like, it's a different movement. Sure, like I feel like yeah. volleyball, you're kind of jumping up and basketball, you're jumping up and forward. But even still, yeah. like you know, you still like you it's know more the approach. Mom- it's more momentum. Does that make sense? I feel like it's yeah, more momentum sure. than. I feel like basketball is less momentum. It's like you have to, it's your like fast or quick twitch muscles, right? Like you explode up very rapidly. Volleyball, you kind of take a, you take like an, it's a three-step approach and you kind of like use your hands to guide you up. You know, you don't have the ball. You don't have to worry about dunking a ball. You just have to worry about getting up and just swinging down. So it's a little, sure. it, I feel like the mechanics of it are different. Although I would, I would, I would like argue that mm-hmm. when I was younger and I was like first learning how to dunk or trying to dunk, I, for a long time, was like a big one-foot jumper. And this goes back to the angle. Like, the last couple of years, I stopped dunking off one foot, I guess because of this thing. But 
I feel like being a one foot jumper is a lot of like momentum based. Like mm-hmm. the way I feel like when I really like have my one leg like powerful and strong is like I'm just kind of gliding through the air. Like I'm yeah, I'm thinking and then take off. I'm thinking two feet in my head. That's what I'm yeah, speaking yeah. on because okay. like I don't think I'm gonna be a one foot dunker. <laughs> okay. I think that's just not in the cards for me. <laughs> we got really off topic. Well, semi off topic, but um, but you told me today you started running again, right? In, in the rehab process, are you running like on just a, a regular treadmill, or what are you at, what are you doing um, to protect? You know the fact that you just had surgery, the muscles are a little weaker. You can't just put all of your weight on it again. Like, what exactly are you doing? Yeah, I'm um, running on a machine called an Ultra G. It's a machine that uses um, mm-hmm. air to kind of funnel around your body, like in it. So it's like a, it's a treadmill, and it has this kind of like air bubble um thing that you strap into it weighs you and then it kind of adds the, enough amount of air to kind of lift you off the ground just a, a heads up we got a special guest joining us oh, he's nice. a okay. analyst from espn you know he'll yeah. he'll explain his story he'll take us through everything um he'll be joining any second now so i just wanted to, to let you know all right all right we he, uh, he's very excited for everyone listening vic and i had discussed talking about the nba playoffs today and so we wanted to make sure that we brought somebody on that was well-versed in this NBA playoffs and has a deep knowledge of just NBA players, talents, schemes, mm-hmm. you know, everything. Right. So we thought, what, what, what a better opportunity than to bring him on right now? Oh, God. <laughs> An ESPN analyst. <laughs> hey, doing? And he, uh, and he was NBA, NBA analyst Charlie Hall here. He was late. You told me it was an NBA guy, and he was late. <laughs> uh, NBA analyst Charlie Hall here. Sorry, I, I had I was just in a scouting meeting with the uh, with the Blazers. We were talking trades. We were talking Dame trades. I can't speak much on it. Apologies that I was late. Well, thanks for joining us. So you're in with Chris Haynes, huh? Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't call him Chris. Haynes. I call him. I just call him C Money. But yeah, C Money. <laughs> so where's Dame going? Sixers, perfect. You think he's trade? They're trading him for Ben Simmons, huh? I think he's. I think he's Sixers, or I think he's Knicks. What do the mm. Knicks have to trade for Damian Lillard? A lot, a lot of young pieces. A lot. Of, they have a lot of cap space and a lot of young pieces. So, like, but tell me. So, and here, here's my problem with the the Knicks argument, right? Um, Damian Lillard has said his um, disapproval, unapproval with the the Trailblazers, and it's still all speculation, right? Like nobody knows if he really wants to leave yet, but he wants to play for a winner. Right, and he was, I guess, unsatisfied with the head coach hunt. If he goes to the Knicks, the young pieces they would have to trade for him would make them immediately not a winner. No, it depends why young young pieces. If they can figure out a way to keep, yeah, I guess you're actually probably right. The best thing the Knicks could do is RJ Barrett and a ton of picks, right? Yeah, who else do they have? They have like an they age, Emmanuel, like an age, Derrick Rose, Julius Randle, but he was exposed. Yeah, Emmanuel, in the playoffs. yeah, Emmanuel quickly. Uh, I don't think he was exposed. This is his first playoff. I mean, like real playoff being the guy. I think the Knicks need more, like more shooting. Who was the rookie? I mean, he wasn't exposed. They lost to the Hawks in five. No, who's who's the rookie from Dayton? Emmanuel. No, the rookie from Dayton. Dayton. Oh, Oh, Obi Toppin. Toppin, yeah, Toppin. He didn't play much in the playoffs. He's not very good. Dibs in. I mean, can we air this? Yeah, (laughs) absolutely, we can air this. Yeah, what, not, I mean, this is this is this is a bashing of NBA players. No, no, no. no this I is the, the ESPN analyst. Yeah, 
I'm an analyst. I give my honest opinion. I, I, I look, Obi Toppin. I hope he proves me wrong. I wish nothing but the best for him. I'm not a huge Obi Toppin guy, but You're that's not high fine. On I think he can be a good. I think Obi Toppin can absolutely develop into a into a nice piece for a for a for a like a contending team. Do I ever think he's like going to be the guy or anything? Like, I, no, not really. That's why they need Dame. But I think Dame to the Sixers would be fucking electric. Dame and Joel excites me. Dame, Dame, Joel, and uh, and Tobias excites me. If they can figure out a way to keep, if they can get, you know, trade like I don't know Simmons and, and Tyrese Maxey or something. They have to trade probably Simmons, Thibault, and Maxey with a couple of picks, the pick or something. At yeah, least. I mean, to me, to me, that makes to me that puts the Sixers right next to the Nets next year. Hmm. Right next to them in the playoffs. Worse, but right next to him, yeah. I think the Nets walk into the NBA Finals if, if Harden if and Irving don't get hurt. I think if Irving – even if even if Irving doesn't get hurt, they walk into the Eastern Conference Finals. I think you're probably – beat the Bucks right. in five. Yeah. But it does feel like those guys – I mean, you know, there was like two things always that were like the issue with the Nets, and it was were those guys going to be able to kind of like, you know, work together. There's only one ball kind of vibe. Which seemed to be that they that they got past yeah. that that that's gonna work out, and then the second one was these guys are pretty brittle. They're kind of made of glass. Those three those three stars they really get hurt a lot. Um, um yeah, I, I can't I, I have I can't find anything to argue against that. I, I think the one that's most healthy a lot is Harden, and he got hurt and he was hurt pretty much all the season with that hamstring. Yeah. Um, it doesn't help that he played forty seconds and got hurt in the playoffs. Yeah, that was so brutal. So I take I take my hat off to him though for coming out and even trying to. I mean, he, he was the reason they won the game. Was it game five? I think so. Yes. Game Just five. him being out there and the Bucks kind of like freaking out and saying like we don't know how to guard you. and putting Drew Holiday on James Harden, who yeah, at, at that stage wasn't doing anything. But, you know, the Bucks still kind of freaked out and were like, you know, oh my god, or do we guard him? Do we double Durant? Do we just kind of let Durant score fifty and like? Pray Harden doesn't make a shot. So, by the way, here's my. Here, by the way, I have a. I have a take. I have a take. Give us a take. a take. That's why we brought you on. So you know me. I'm a huge LeBron guy, and I don't mean to like twist everything into a thing about LeBron. But like, I, I'm just. I just really don't like the way LeBron's legacy is is treated. I just don't think it's ever very fair. And I, my feeling is, and this is I'm speaking in a little bit of hyperbole. I think, but my feeling is there's kind of two alleys that you can take. One is Le- LeBron James is, is your GOAT. Or two, if you don't think LeBron is the GOAT, if you think MJ is the GOAT, then I think, you ha- then I think that you have to also acknowledge that Kevin Durant losing the series against the Bucks hurts his legacy, even though he played so well. It's one of those. I think two. that's one of the worst takes I've ever heard. Can I, but, can I, but hold on, but can I explain it? But can I explain Yeah, it? go ahead, go ahead. Because I don't think that's true, right? I don't think that Kevin Durant's legacy is hurt. I think if anything, it solidified him as potentially the best scorer in NBA history. But a huge point of contention with people that think Michael is the GOAT is that LeBron lost in the finals so many times. But if they can hold that against him, despite him being immaculately, essentially perfect in those losses... Guy was averaging 35 and nine and nine and losing. But if that hurts his legacy, if you can play that well in a playoff series and have it hurt your legacy, then you have to apply that logic to the other greats. 
And so therefore, if LeBron losing in the finals hurts his legacy, despite how he played, then Kevin Durant losing in the playoffs, despite how he played, has to hurt his legacy. Neither are true to me. I think that you have to look at how the individual played. But I think it's so interesting well, that Durant has been showered with this praise. And every well, time LeBron loses, despite being elite, he gets, like, destroyed. So, to that point, I think the reason – and you, I think you're on to something in a way. Um, I believe the reason that KD is being showered with praises is because he came back from a torn Achilles and did it. So, nobody – knew what to expect from a seven footer with a torn Achilles coming back and playing, you know, in the playoffs, people just didn't know what that would mean for him. It's a whole new thing for him in his career to have a serious injury and play against, you know, really? You think that if he didn't tear his Achilles and did that, you don't think people would still, I think, no, well, I think it'd be a different I think what your point, maybe there's more validity to your, your point that you're making, but I think the reason why people are so high on him right now because he was doing that when he came back from a torn Achilles. I would say right. that's probably where like he's being protected a little bit more than like, you know, LeBron is in, in your argument. That's, that's, that's really interesting. I, I, I guess I never really, I guess I haven't really heard like, I mean, I definitely heard people being like, it's amazing that he can do this post injury. Um, yeah. What do you think? Vic? Please go ahead. I, I, I disagree with a lot of, uh, with a lot of what's been said. Um, but please continue. Continue why you, you think um, the LeBron, why LeBron's legacy has been tarnished. Well, I just think that a, a lot of people claim that one of the reasons LeBron can't be the goat is because he's lost too much. That he's three and six in the finals. They they use his final his finals losses against him because it hurts his legacy. But mm-hmm. if you're lo- if you're using playoff series results right. as as a legacy analysis for a player without taking into account the fact that that without taking into account any circumstantial stuff, like who was on his team or how well he played, because outside of the Dallas series, the guy was absolutely elite in every final series that he lost. He was like ridiculous, unstoppable. He just played, he was just either playing with scrubs or playing against like historic teams. And so, but if you're not going to take any of that into account or say it doesn't matter, the only thing that matters is the series win or the series loss, then the fact that Kevin Durant lost the series, that Giannis beat him, should hurt his legacy. If you analyze legacies like that, me personally, I don't. So I think that Jan, I mean, I think that Durant shouldn't be dinged for that. But it seems to me like the people that ding LeBron for losing are then not dinging Kevin Durant for losing. Well, I think it's... um... Well, I, let me start here. I think it's a completely different argument because I think people don't ding LeBron for losing, but I think they praise Jordan for winning so much, right? Like I, I think it's it's A but not B, um, and I, I think like when you look at it, like no one, no one, no one bashed LeBron for go, taking that Cavs team to the finals and getting swept by the Spurs. Like that was never a, um, like, a like a loss, right? Like they they always said like his loss to that Mavericks team. Um, was disappointing, the loss of the Spurs, disappointing, right? Like, yes, LeBron has his fair share of losses, but I think no one is ever going to disagree that LeBron is a top three player of all time. Like, whether no matter where you put him in that top three, I think, like, that's, you know, wherever. But I, I think Kevin Durant has been largely hated. Like, he might be, like, one of the most hated stars of, like, this, like, generation, right? Like, 
Durant for for whatever for everything is worth is a top ten player all time, and yet you can even see it in the in the the Bucks Nets game like like he doesn't get refed like he's a top ten player all time like PJ Tucker can't guard LeBron like that PJ Tucker can't even guard Trey Young like that Trey Young gets fouled and bumped and chased over screens like that it's a foul ten times out of ten you know Joel Embiid shoots twenty free throws a game in in their series and Kevin Durant like goes through this almost football-esque series, right, where he plays by himself. And I, I know everyone, everyone's super happy that he came back from the Achilles injury when the first reports, because everyone wants to report some shit right when it comes out, the first reports are that no one can play after an Achilles injury. It's You would never be the same, right? Mm-hmm. And he's playing great. But at the same time, I think when you look at, like, the, the grand scheme of, like, when you look 10 years from now, back at it, and, and, and maybe, like, now the Bucks or the Suns are, like, the favorites to win the championship. Kevin Durant was honestly two centimeters away from beating a team by himself. If I told you at the beginning of the season, Kevin Durant will have to play with a big three of him, Jeff Green, and Blake Griffin, you might have slapped me in the face. And <laughs> he almost did it. Like, 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 credit to Jeff Green and Blake Griffin. They played great. But Kevin Durant was, like, out of his mind fantastic. And I think that this series, like, that, like anyone who says like Kevin Durant should be bashed over the series is an idiot. This was his like career making series. Like even That's what though I they think lost, yeah. he, he had 50, like, like 49, 17 and 12 and almost did it again. And, and to like, to the, to the very like T of it almost carried them to a game winning shot over a team with two all NBA first team defenders. And, and I, to be honest, I think he shot that shot listening to other podcasts and stuff, and I agree with them because he had nothing left. Like that was if that, that shot didn't go in, like they weren't gonna win in overtime, right? Like, and you saw they go to overtime, Nets can't score, the Bucks really can't score, and they run the yeah, same play again, and then he has no legs to shoot that the same shot again. Like he airballs it because he's got nothing, right? Yeah. And yeah, and to the Bucks credit, like you know, I, I think the Bucks could have done a lot, lot things better in that series, but you know, they did enough, to, obviously, to get to tire him out. You know, they put PJ on him. They put Chris on him. They put Drew on him. They, you know, they, they kind of trapped him when he drove. So even though he kind of torched him, you know, in every kind of facet of basketball, they still won, right? Like, like at the end of the day, like, if the Bucs want to win the championship, you're not going to say, oh, well, they shouldn't have, you know, they, they shouldn't have, have, have beat the Nets. They shouldn't have beat the Hawks. They shouldn't have beat – you know, at the end of the day, it is what Whoever wins is going to win, right? No matter what, like, critics or, like, other team sympathizers will say, like, at least they were healthy enough to do it, right? Like, you have to give credit for that to some kind of extent. Like, at least they, their players willed themselves to do it. Like, they didn't get hurt. Free injury, injury, whatever the case may be, they, they still might win. Whoever wins is still going to win, right? Like, in – I just feel like had Kevin Durant been able to, to get that team over the hump, then I, I don't know, man. Like, like I think this this whole season has like put him in the top ten of all time players. I do too. I guess I guess I guess I just think that I mean I guess this doesn't happen that much, but I guess I just think in terms of the to me it just highlights the the discrepancy between him and LeBron because I feel that as though LeBron is expected to carry scrubs. And I feel like it's it's a it's a real plus when Kevin Durant does it, and when LeBron does it, it's like if he didn't do it, it would be a huge issue. You're hey, saying, because you're saying his team this year was scrubs. 
once AD got hurt, he was playing with scrubs. Yeah. And he got some mm. flack for it. People were saying he's old. He can't do it anymore. But he's, but every time he's been, you know, every time he's played with scrubs, he takes them to the, to the NBA finals. And it's sort of like a null and void point at the end of the day, because they lose. But it's interesting that it's like, there's this expected greatness from him. But I guess that's right. just the discrepancy between like a top 10 and a potential greatest of all time. I guess that's what it is, is that like, they're actually not, there's actually like, even within that, like literal 10 greatest players of all time, there's still levels to the greatness, which is wild. Well, I think that's what makes LeBron so great, right? Like, even now with him being 36, 37, and even when he was 18, I think people have put, like, these ungodly expectations yeah. on him. And he's met them time in and time out. Like, yeah, he's it's always crazy. met the expectations. And I feel like when people, like, anytime someone puts a comparison to, like, Mike or LeBron, right? And even Mike didn't have this, like, crazy expectation coming, up, coming on him out of, like, college. But I think whenever like when people say Zion can be the next LeBron or Luke can be the next LeBron, every expectation that LeBron was met with, like these like super high ceilings, he has far exceeded everyone. Yeah. And I don't think anyone, maybe in my maybe, maybe in my lifetime, I don't know, but it's not now, is going to like be hit with those like like for Zion, like for there to be rumors that Zion like wants to leave. Like for whatever reason, like you know, power to him. Like if he wants to leave, he wants to leave. But LeBron has some bad teams in Cleveland. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And he made them better. <laughs> so, so any like one that's like, this is the next LeBron, let's really sit back and like say, like, okay, hold on. First, let's let's count the other players that are better than this guy you're trying to compare LeBron. And then let's compare LeBron in like 2005 when LeBron was pretty much Superman. When he like beat the Pistons yeah. by himself and then, you know, played a really good Spurs team and got swept. But, but I still, think, like, I think you're right from a like player comparison standpoint. Right. And I think where the LeBron comparison to Zion still exists is from like the, the, the attention, the off the court attention. Like he had people watching college basketball that don't watch college basketball. Like I know the fact that when he was playing in a game, he attracted eyeballs to the sport in a way that, I think that's where the comparison came but Jake, in. Like, well, I, don't, I, don't think, I think that's because of the, the time we're in, right? Like, I think that's because of the ball's life overtime culture of high school basketball. Sure. Well, sure. If that was around when LeBron was here, LeBron 100%. would have been huge. 100%. No, no, 100%. 100%. It's definitely due in part to that. Like, the fact that Zion's been a celebrity since he was 14 for what he can do on a basketball court. We've seen him. And, doing- and by the way, Zion is probably going to end up being a Hall of Famer. I don't think he's going to be, I don't think he'll touch LeBron. I don't think he'll – and I also think Luca will probably end up having a better career. But they're both, to me, probable Hall of Famers, right? I mean, definitely Luca. I would say based on the trajectory, like, he, yes. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's, this is only his, what, third season? Yeah, it's impo- season? I guess, yeah, it's impossible. To yeah, tell. Well, who do you guys – I came a little late, but who do you guys think is going to win the NBA championship? Well, we, had, we hadn't started that yet. We were waiting for you. We haven't even talked yet. The Hall of Fame debate is really watered down on it, and it's really interesting because a lot of guys make the Hall of Fame. In there. Yeah, I know, well, I actually, you know what? Side note, side note, because I was talking to some people on my team about this. Do you think Paul George is a Hall of Famer? He will make it. Yeah, he will make He'll it. Make right? it. That's, He'll make that's it. That's my point. He will make he's it. Not here's a, the he's thing: not a, he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. Though, no, no. Me. But here's the thing: if if they won the championship this year, he would be he like an undoubted Hall of Famer. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. like he's in. Yeah, yeah. but like. First of all, he's playing great anyway. Like in the whole point of thing is stupid. But I'm just asking. If, if even without a championship, I think like he'll go down. He'll probably get in. 
But if he won it this year, no matter like yeah. like how the year has gone, like if he gets a championship, he's like in. Like like that's not even like you shouldn't even question if he's in or not. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how many NBA first teams has he made? What do we think? Uh, like seven. It was seven. I think it was four um, uh, defensive teams too. Oh yeah, he's in for sure. And how many all stars? Ten. No, sorry, it was seven. All, wait, no, it was he was seven all stars? I looked at this because I was seven all stars. I mean, maybe like maybe like one or two NBA all first teams. Seven time all star. There you go. Six time all NBA. Twenty eighteen steel champion. He's for sure gonna he's, make it. Yeah, he's a shoe in. He's a shoe in, and he deserves it. By the way, he's unbelievable. Yeah. It's more just trying to figure out like what the criteria are because I think it's 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 less and less clear on like who get like, it seems a lot of people are getting in. I'm not saying a Paul George like doesn't deserve it. He's, you know, has successful. Well, I mean, in my, in NBA, my but... hall of fame in like my personal hall of fame, if I was able to craft the hall of fame, he wouldn't be in it. And I don't, that's not cause I don't think he's elite. I, I would just, I think like, if you haven't like, if you, I basically think if you haven't made either, you know, like three or four plus all NBA first teams, won an MVP or won a championship. I don't. Yeah. He's a four to, to, time... me, to me, to me, the hall of fame is cooler when it's like way more exclusive when it's like, we're yeah, still sure. thinking, you know, but I bet he's definitely going to make it in, re- in reality. Yeah. They might uh, make this. No, they're not going to make the final. I, don't know. We'll I think see. it goes to game seven. I think it goes to seven. And I think the Suns win seven. I think that too. And but I also Charlie... think, I mean, I'm rooting for the Suns, I think. Yeah, so go back to that question. So who do you guys have winning and why? Probably the Bucks, but I really want the Suns. I want the Suns or the Hawks, but I probably – I think, like, if I had to put money down on a team, it, it would be the Bucks. I think if you're a betting man, like, and you didn't want to lose money, you're betting the Bucks, but the, the money yeah. line on the Bucks is so skewed where you wouldn't want to bet on them. Right. Um, I also think the Bucks are a bad match for the Suns, um, but – you never know. Like I, I, I don't know. Like I think I don't want to count the Clippers out because they've come back from these deficits all postseason. Um, depending on how Trey Young is, you know, like the Bucks have kind of gotten this injury bug all playoffs. And uh, depending on how Trey Young is tonight, like if he's hurt, then the you know the Bucks mm-hmm. kind of roll because how about Giannis getting some kind of post moves now? Like he shoots a right hook now, and he kind of got that little turnaround. That I just got a tough. text. I just got a text from my friend. Bucks winning ring is 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 Trey Young out tonight? He he could be. He might be. He's he questionable. questionable. But uh, is, is yeah, he's out he, of trouble. Yeah, the Giannis slander is so unfounded to me. It's like what? It's like what are we? Like this guy's like a two-time MVP, Defensive Player of the Year. Like he okay, he can't shoot. Like neither could Shaq. You know, and it's like it's I don't understand why he's expected to. Sh- I don't I honestly don't get it because it's not a Ben Simmons situation. Like I get the Ben Simmons. Trey Young top. is also out for tonight. There you Deep go. Bone bruise in his right foot. Oh, Trey Young is out. That's so brutal. Yeah, he's out. But go ahead, Charlie. I'm sorry. I cut you off. No, I was just saying I just think the Giannis Lander is so silly. It's like this guy's like scoring 35, 19 and six. And people are like. But he sucks at free throws. It's like, uh, I mean, okay. <laughs> you know, because it's not a Ben Simmons situation where he's because Ben Simmons not only is struggles to shoot, but he struggles to score. So it makes sense because he's like so huge. He doesn't seem to assert himself physically, like in terms of scoring baskets. But for Giannis, it's just like he lacks a certain skill, but he still gets the job done. Well, there's a whole mental block there with Ben Simmons. That's like a whole different avenue. 100%. But I, I, I feel as though um 
the, the thing for me with Giannis, like, you know, yeah, he takes 25 seconds to shoot one free throw, but he plays so hard every every night. And it, it just really seems like he cares about his team. You know, like there are a lot of like players out there that honestly don't give a fuck about winning and losing. And it just seems like Giannis like exhausts himself every game right and he's his like genuine authentic self like if we're if we're keeping it real like if i'm Giannis, there's no way in hell i'm getting up there and saying everyone's best player on the planet no fucking way not if i'm not the two-time mvp no <laughs> yeah, chance like just my pride and just like i'm not saying it but you know Giannis being like you can't i, I don't understand how guys people don't like the guy like you know he's him he, he plays super hard all the time like he, he's giving everything he's got and now he's like developing something like, you know, they throw it to him on the block and teams just like, don't know kind of what to, yeah. is he going to shoot that hook? Is he just going to blow by me and dunk it? Like they're kind of doubling. And I'm so happy Middleton had that, that game, you know, last game. because I think the Bucks now are realizing like, you know, if Middleton or holiday, middle, I, I want holiday to really like to, to, you know, find it, find his rhythm. But if Middleton plays like that, like Giannis has scored 30 and 12 every game. If Middleton plays like that, then, you know, you're, it's over. Yeah. You know, you, you found your one, two punch. I mean, once we, once, if Giannis wins this year, it's time to start talking about where he is in the all-time list. I, mean, I, got, because, I, got him, I got him 30 right now. Really? Even though he's a two-time MVP, even at 30? Maybe 20s. It's higher than that, though. I think if he wins – if he gets a ring this year and a finals, MVP. I mean, I got, I got Shaq at like, you know, people could put Shaq anywhere from like, like five to, to like 15. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if, sure. I think if, he, if, if Giannis wins the finals MVP this year and they win the ring, I think he's definitely top 20 and probably top 15. But let, let's just think about this. You have Mike, LeBron, Kareem, Wilt, mm-hmm. Kobe, Magic, Bird, right? At seven. Yeah, I don't, Shaq. Kobe's not in my Bill, top five. Bill Russell. I'm, I'm just, I'm just naming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill yeah, yeah. Russell, yeah, yeah. Duncan, Moses Malone, yeah, Duncan, Duncan, Elijah Wan. That's twelve. Like you know. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. I mean, it definitely gets crowded. Curry is Giannis better than Curry right now? <sighs> if Giannis wins the ring this year, you can. I don't a, think. I don't think you can put him ahead of Curry. I don't think so either. I don't. I don't think why that not? you can do that. Why? Why would you do that? Because why wouldn't you? Curry has no Finals MVPs. We, Giannis he has two MVPs. He has what three championships? Yeah, yeah. So he so revolutionized the game of basketball. Why, why would he be lower than Giannis? I think it would be. I think they would be neck and neck. I don't know who I would put. I'd probably lean Curry, but 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 again, I mean, Giannis will have ha- will have two. Accolades. He's not ahead of Durant. He's not ahead of Durant. He's not in the top fifteen. Let's let's. I mean, he's not in the top fifteen. It would be generous to put him in the top twenty. Yeah, I You're agree. Right. You're right. You're it's right, optimistic right. to be top twenty, top twenty-five for Giannis. Even with a, even if he look, wins, look, I think look, I think look, if look, he look. wins, he's top twenty. I think if he wins, one, he's top one 20. ring, one ring forces a conversation. I think. Yeah, I rings. Think two, I think I think two rings, two rings, makes it a lot harder when you're having that conversation about where to put him. You start moving guys around because I think one championship is great, but if he does it again, that that forces the conversation to say maybe he is top fifteen. I don't two, think two, it, rings, he jumps. two rings he passes Curry. I don't think he jumps off one that. I think two I you can have like a real is, conversation. Is he ahead? I mean, is he ahead of Charles Barkley, David Robinson, Stockton Malone? See, the thing is, I don't know. Like, I, I'd love to sit here and like tell you I know like those guys' accolades off the top of my head, but I don't really. Like, I don't. No, but really you know what I'm saying? Like, like just think about it. Is he a better like Scottie Pippen? Is he ahead of him right now? 
Yeah, I think he is. Isaiah Thomas? It depends how you're measuring this, I guess. But because the thing is, is Giannis doesn't suit, doesn't really, I mean, that's always been the conundrum with him as a star is he doesn't always pass the eye test because he's a, he's, he's not super aesthetically pleasing. So when you hear like, when you're comparing like Giannis to someone like, you know, Stockton or someone that just like was so fluid and like, you can think about their game and you like get happy about it. But when you, you, you take that out of the equation, it's like Giannis might, it might get a little ugly at times, but if this guy fucking wins, he'll have it. He'll have that, a fun. That's, probably, that, that's true. But the way I, the way I classify Giannis is as a center. So if you talk about centers, yeah. I'm not putting him ahead of Shaq, Hakeem, Russell, Robinson, Elijah Wan, Duncan. Like, you know, I'm not, Duncan's a power forward, but I'm not putting him above like Wilt. You know, I'm not putting Me either. Him above, that's six, putting, that's six centers. I'm putting him in my top 20. I'd have to look at it, but I think I'm putting it. I can't not. If the guy has a finals MVP, a ring, a defensive player of the year, and two MVPs, there's no chance he's not in the top 20. I think. And like, just off even the top if he's a power head. forward, I don't know if he's better, if he's ahead of Dirk for me. Dirk Nowitzki? Yeah. If he wins this year, he definitely. Um, this is all. This is all hypothetical. I'm saying hypothetically, if he wins this year, that's what I'm saying. I if think Paul. If can we start out? If Chris Paul wins yeah. this year, where is Chris Paul at? Uh, you could make the argument he's the second or third best point guard in in history. I think. Jake, what are you thinking about that? I don't know. Uh, I, I've gone. Magic? I've gone through like a whole thing with Chris Paul. I have changed my view on him in the last two seasons because. I like was never really a big Chris Paul fan. I don't, I didn't love a lot of the things that he did on the court, like some of his antics. And um, I just wasn't a huge fan, but the way, when he got shipped to OKC, I think everyone thought, Oh, this is the end of Chris Paul, right? Like he's just going to mail it. He's in OKC. Like, what's he going to do? And the way that he brought that team together and they outperformed, I was like, Oh, I kind of like this version of him. And then we went to Phoenix and they changed, he's changed everything. I mean, I enjoy watching them. But he helped him in play. Houston too, though. He did. He did. I'm not forgetting Houston, but I'm saying like seeing him with the team all year, right? With with um, with Phoenix, I love watching them play. They're like one of the few teams to me that plays like team basketball, right? Yeah, Where they're the best team left. The other the other day, you had Devin Booker set the, the screen for the backdoor uh, yeah. alley oop to yeah. DeAndre Ayton. Like your best player is doing that. Like he well, knows I mean, they, they run they run that that Spain cut totally, all the time. To, no, totally, totally, totally. But I'm saying like the mentality of that team is if I don't have it tonight, like I'm going to make sure you get it. I'm going to make sure that like the open guy right. gets the ball. Yeah, yeah, right. It's it's, and you know, I enjoy watching that form of basketball because I think that's something that's a lot rarer now. So that being said, you know, I want the Suns to win a championship, but I think the bucks are going to win it. And, you know, if that does happen where Chris Paul gets this ring, I do think that puts him in, you know, top five point guards for sure. I don't know if he's two or three because um, I think, it depends on how you then define like what you look for in a point guard. Obviously magic right. is number one. I mean, Steph, if we're calling Steph point guard, like I don't think that puts him ahead of Steph personally, in my opinion, I just don't it does, like, yeah. Steph's the second best. No, Steph's it, two. It, it puts him above Stockton too. I think probably doesn't Stockton not have a ring. No, but he has every other like point guard. Yeah. Record. He has every other record. Right. So it's tough, but it's definitely top five, but you know, I, I think it's one of those things you have to wait and see what happens. Like the hypothetical is great, but like you kind of just have to see it and you'll know when you see it. It's kind of here's, a, here's another here's another point to Charlie's uh, Giannis argument. All three of us have like a consensus that the Bucks are gonna win the championship, and it's purely because we're all saying like, well, who 
who the fuck is going to stop Giannis? Yeah. I mean, if, 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 they, if they beat the Hawks and they get to the Suns, DeAndre Ayton is going to be in foul trouble guarding Giannis. And I, I also think Giannis is in foul trouble just because of the way he plays. Like, he gets two charges a game. Like, I yeah. think Ayton will do a pretty decent job on him, but it's going to be hard. Like, you know, it's not going to be like a just Ayton versus Giannis thing. Like, they're going to have to double him to, like, try a different, you know, something. I don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it definitely does, like, feel like they might – Bucks might breeze through the through the finals a little bit. I mean, they just have like they're just a well constructed team. I don't even think they're they're not very pretty to watch. Like they're not super fluid. I also don't even I don't think they're very well coached. I just think that Giannis is amazing, and I think that they have very good pieces. Like their team is is just well constructed in that way, which I guess you can give a little credit to the coach for that. But I'm not a big Budenholzer fan. I think he kind of stinks a little bit to be honest. But I guess it was I mean, team if they don't win. He's definitely out of there. And even if he wins, there's, I feel like there's a chance where he's still on a short leash. No, no way. If they win, he, he's there. He's, he's yeah, the yeah, guy. Oh, I think he'll I think be, they, oh, I think he'll be back. He's I think back. He'll be he's back. solidified. Them beating the Nets, he's back now. Unfortunate <sighs> for them. Because they should go, by the way, it's time yeah. Ty Lue gets his respect, speaking yeah. of coaches. Yeah. It's about time we start talking about how Ty Lue is a better coach than Doc Rivers, period. <laughs> yeah. I don't um, – I'm just gonna say it, and I know this is going. Say I know it. this is going live. I know, I, but say I'm here it. for the hot takes. Doc Rivers has to be the most inflated, inflated sports person maybe in history. I, has there is there any ring? Is that one Boston Celtics ring? Is there any more inflated ring in history? People treat that team like it's some sort of dynasty. They won one time, and since then he's the only coach <laughs> to have. To, he's the only coach to have blown multiple three-one leads. He has all these pieces, and he constantly underperforms. He's he played one ring. 15 game sevens, I think they said. I guarantee he's lost more than he's won in game sevens. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, dude, that, that Celtics team, everyone talks about that Celtics team like it's like, oh, like they were so good. They won one time. Once. I mean, well, you don't I, I tell can't me. comment on that. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a Jake Finster take, man. I mean, I hate that Those team. Are... Why do you hate, I hate the Boston the Lakers? I hate that Boston Celtics team with a passion. So you don't, I'm with you. Yeah, they took one from my Lakers. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm not here to speak any bad about really any player, but or coach. I, I, but I do think Tyler is doing an incredible job. I think he's changing up lineups. Like he's changing, he's adjusting really well. He's just doing a lot. Like, you know, I, I think he gives confidence to his players, or that, that's how it appears. Um, I think he's doing a great job, though. Yeah, he has an uncanny ability to ha- to to at, at like making role players perform. It's pretty crazy. It feels like that team, like a different. It's like Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris and like Kennard and Terrence Mann. Mann. It's like every one person is stepping up every game and giving them yeah. thirty. It's like wild. Yeah, I mean, I'll yeah, I mean that that, that and also Paul George is playing great. Yeah, like some games he may be inefficient, but. No one can say Paul George is playing bad. Like every game, he's averaging, like, he's averaging like 28, 13, and 8. And even though some games might be inefficient, like he is still playing great floor games every game. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. He's, he is definitely, I mean, he's definitely gotten rid of the whole like playoff P thing. That's for sure. Miss Fritos brought it back. Any question for sure? I don't think so, man. I, he's played he he's played seven hundred and fifty minutes in the playoffs. The next closest yeah. guy is Devin Booker at six hundred and eight. 
Look, wow, I'm not really. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not trying to, closest. I'm not trying to say he's not a great player and and has like great moments. But what I'm saying is, I think there will always be. There's something to be said about those players that consider themselves in that other tier, right? That top, top tier. Right. And I think a big part of that is locking in in those moments and that being, you're not even in question. You don't, you know, and that's knocking down those two free throws to ice the game, not even giving the other team a chance. Then yes, obviously he's human sure. being. Everyone has their flaws and things happen. You can't be hundred percent perfect all the time, but I'm saying, I think those types of moments are what bring that slander to light where people feel comfortable to then speak you know, however they feel about him because you, you have a great game, but you miss the two that count and you lose it. Obviously the whole game is not on you, but as the best player on that team, as the superstar, yeah, right, right. that is I your opportunity to, to shine and separate yourself from all the other good players. I, I mean, and sure. Right. But no one else is getting, you know, badged like this. And I, th- I feel like it's because of like, he's sometimes inconsistent maybe, but I mean, Paul George is playing great. Like he's playing out he of his mind. Right. And, and there's an argument to be had that, I think the Clippers would be in a better space if Kawhi was healthy and playing. But totally. they do look damn good when it's just Paul George out there leading. They would win the championship if they had Kawhi, I think. This would have been their year. Yeah. Because I actually felt like they were the only team that could have maybe given the Nets a run before the Nets got injured, too. But I think that if they had Kawhi, Kawhi would have guarded Giannis, and that would have been an awesome series, and I do think they would have won. I don't think Kawhi would have guarded Giannis. I think they would have put Zubak on Giannis. And just let him like they would just double, right? Interesting. And you kind of play around it because at all times the Bucks play PJ Tucker and Connaughton, and they're not uh, they're good players. Like you know, you're wrong. Like, I think both of them are very valuable in their own right. But um, the way the the Nets played them, like the Nets, that defense held the Bucks almost scoreless in yeah. both quarters, right? And it's because you double. The hell out of Giannis. You make him like you shrink the floor. You rotate to Middleton, and Holiday hasn't been shooting great. And then you know you if PJ Tucker is going to make six threes in the game, then you know he kind of has to. I, I like PJ Tucker. Do you guys like PJ Tucker? Love him. Me too. He's hard man. I, I respect when players go all in. You know, and they play their heart out and leave everything on the floor. Like it's hard to hate. It's hard to hate that. That's kind of my. I always appreciate those players that just, you know, the glue guys, right? Vic, the glue guys. All right. I mean, those are the guys you need. What, what do the Lakers need? need uh, in a lot season? of well, a LeBron, lot of no, they, no, they don't. They don't need any more glue guys. They need. They need some. some they need, they, I think they need one more person to create his own shot. But I also think LeBron needs to. It'll be really interesting to see how LeBron approaches this offseason. I think he needs to start. It's a different approach. It's got to be a different approach. If I'm him, I, LeBron, if you're listening to this, uh, <laughs> what I think you should do is, I think that you should. He, he needs to develop a um, – just add a little mini floater to his game, a, like a Luka Doncic mini floater. Because I just think that he's so old that, like, the banging is, like, really killing his body. And he is still as – he's way he's more athletic than Luka. And he does a lot of the same things. The only difference is when Luka shoots that little push shot, yeah. it, he LeBron is way more likely to, like, go into the guy and it's like i think if he develops that little push shot like after he puts someone in jail off the pick and roll i think that'll really open up his game i think it'll make him less tired i think it like that'll transform him a lot that and then i also think he probably needs to shoot a lot of threes because it's another creator needs to step up anthony davis has to be healthy like lebron can't be using so much gas 
Rough. You can't, man. And it definitely felt like, you know, it was a weird feeling. It, it definitely felt like for the first time, and maybe it was the ankle, and maybe I'm going to be eating my words. I hope I'm going to be eating my words. In the next. But it definitely felt like when he was playing the Suns, like for the first time, basically since he was a rookie, he wasn't the best athlete on the floor. Like there wasn't anything that he could do on the floor that no one else could athletically. Like it felt like people had sort of finally caught up to him athletically. He was still an amazing so. athlete. I think LeBron had a couple like <laughs> had a couple coast to coast layups where you're just thinking like, yeah, if LeBron could just do this all all game, yeah. he'll win. And he does it three times, and then he's like, all right, I'm gassed. And then they kind of do that high pick and roll with Schroeder, and they don't really get much out of it just because for whatever reason Schroeder had it kind of looked like he was a little off in that series. But you know, if LeBron had some plays where you're like, all right, if LeBron can just do this. Every yeah. time, <laughs> you know, yeah. you'll win. Yeah. And that's kind of like asking, like, you know, like a running back. If you can just break six tackles and run 65 yards yeah. every time, we'll win. It's very, yeah, it's very <laughs> Derrick Henry. It's like if you're a yeah. Titans fan, you're just like, can yeah. we just give the ball Derrick Henry 50 yeah. times? Yeah. <laughs> right. But I, it'll be interesting to see how he approaches how he approaches this year. I mean, I think he needs to get in the lab. Like, I think he needs to add things to his bag. <laughs> like, I think that his bag, because he's he 37. Has how much does he got to add? He's 37. I know. I think he's got to add something because I think that that was his thing. I think he consciously, while everybody works on their bag, not to say he doesn't, but I think that like his whole career, he kind of made the conscious decision, like the investment that like, okay, I'm going to have a bag, obviously. And I'm going to be like a great basketball player, but I'm also going to spend, you know, the same amount, if not more time working on my body and my physical health. And, and I'll just maintain this like elite athleticism like sometimes you know and i'm the biggest lebron i think he's the goat i'm the biggest lebron fan ever but sometimes that like superior athleticism hides the fact that he he kind of has a limited bag you know it's like he's sort of just he's got like you know he's a freight train but that's not so is Giannis, and like he doesn't have it's not like he's like an elite like iso player or something he's good at it but but i and i think that as he gets older that's going to become more and more exposed whereas like people like a Durant or a, you know, or a Michael Jordan or a Kobe Bryant. It's like, yeah, they got older and they got less athletic and affected their game. But it's like, you got those motherfuckers in the mid post. They could be 55 and they can still score every time because they have this uncanny set of moves and they like can feel the, they just feel their defender and go to it. And I don't know if LeBron, I don't know if LeBron has exactly that at this point, but he can develop it because he's just such a cerebral player. Yeah. So we'll see. I think he needs help, and I think he needs Vic Law on his team. So, you know. I, I think, think he needs Vic Law. I think well, they need I Brad LeBron. I, think I love LeBron. LeBron. I think LeBron's great. I think LeBron will will figure it out. I think he's a great player, and, and no, the Lakers will be fine. Um, but, yeah, they do need Vic Law on the team, though. Uh, I agree. By the way, it's also this is. I think it's kind of poetic. I think that it's we're, this whole playoffs is set up perfectly for next year to be Nets-Lakers. I would love that. Set up perfectly, huh? Yeah, because <laughs> it's like they both, you know, d- didn't – hit their expectations this year. They got kind of hit by the injury bug. They're going to get a longer off season and then they're going to come back and we're finally going to get it. And we're finally going to get it. We're going to get LeBron versus Kevin Durant round three. This time he mm-hmm. won't be with the 73 and nine warriors. And we're going to see what happens. I don't like that. People keep using that because like LeBron also went to the heat and people don't hate LeBron still. Like, you know, people like they kind of let that go and people still kind of use the Kevin Durant warriors thing. Maybe because it's still fresh, but it's a little fresher, but also those situations to me are different. I mean, like that's kind of, but it's like still like, you know, 
I don't know, like one of them had like historic connotations. Like one of them was like literally the best team in history. Like they, they, they won the most games ever in the history since the sport. Yeah, but even, even still, Le- Le- LeBron, when the team that with Chris Bosh and playing weight, like he went to the, like that Heat team was great. I know, no, no, I know. But at least we didn't know that that team was already great. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't, at least like it wasn't like, it, I think it would have been a different story if like Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh were on the Heat already together and they won 73 games and then LeBron got knocked out by the Heat in the playoffs and then went to them. Like well, there was, he was a lot tired of, of losing to the Celtics. Like he was like, I'm done losing to, to Pierce, yeah, Rondo, so imagine Allen, if he went to the Right, so imagine if he went to the Celtics because that, that that's the Durant response. He was tired I mean, of losing the Celtics and then he joined them. I mean, not yeah. to say like I'm he only lost the Warriors them. once. Durant only lost the Warriors at one time and he broke his foot. I know, but it like propelled him to leave, just like it did when LeBron like took off his jersey when he like lost to the you know the that that like iconic moment. I like, don't know. There was this team I, that pushed him out. I don't know if that. I mean, obviously we just, we're all speculating. I think to Vic's point, like right, he might have left at that point in time, but who knows where he was at mentally, right? Like he could have already been thinking about that. He could have been. I'm ahead, sure he like, was. He like, could have been three years been earlier. Been like, man, playing with Russ like is tough. Would be really nice if I was playing with someone like Steph, who gets the game and just hits open shots and spaces out the floor for other people. And then obviously the timing of it. Oh, now I can get out of here. I'm a free agent. Oh, the Warriors just beat me anyways. But like, I want to go play with these guys. Who knows? But you know. Oh no, point. I'm sure. But like, I just think that. I mean, I don't really mind the decision anymore that much either. Yeah. I just think. I mean, you know, it's it's interesting to consider that sure. kind of stuff. Like, because they were literally, historically, yeah. since the beginning of the sport, there was never, there has never been a group of people that had won more games at basketball. So, like, it's interesting that then they would add sure. a top 10 player of all time. And that top 10 player, like, expects expected at the time, like, no one to fault him for that i don't know but then but then you know of course he was amazing in the warriors and he is amazing and will continue to be amazing i've met you know you can't is Kevin Durant the best player in the league right now yeah for sure will you ever say that Giannis is the best player in the league again no i don't think so not unless i mean unless he fucking unless he gets better i thought i think that the nets buck series kind of settled that one for me because i mean Giannis played great he's amazing but he's not he's not transcendently talented like 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 um Kevin Durant is. He's really good and he's an elite athlete. He's like a I've never seen an athlete. He's, like dominant. he's, he's dominant, yeah, athletically. He's not like Kevin Durant. Kevin Kevin Durant is like a, a, there's nothing like, like he's fucking crazy. Yeah. Well, I know we're running out of time, but Charlie, I wanted to call this out. You are the first guest to make a return on 94 Let's and more. Go. And I know you were on episode six, so I was back in February. Um, and you were talking about auditioning during the pandemic and everything. Now you're on a show. Can you just kind of update everybody about what you're doing and, and what that's been like to actually be back on set? Yeah, set's been. I'm I'm on this uh, this Hulu show um, called Single Drunk Female, and it's been real fun. And and set has been wild during COVID, but that's been an absolute blast. We've been filming up in Atlanta. Go Hawks! Um, but yeah, it's been it's been really fun. It's been great to finally. Uh, to finally have a fucking job but it's also been just been great to like you know re-enter the world a little bit it's been a nice um post-covid thing to do not post-covid but you know once now that the world is slowly but surely um returning to its normalcy but yeah it's been great um we'll be shooting for the next while here and uh it's been awesome and i'm 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 honored to be to be the to be back on this podcast with uh <laughs> 
with one of the most handsome men I know and also Jake. There you go. There you go. Well, we appreciate you doing this uh, and also for bringing your deep basketball analysis to the show. We really appreciate it. I'm sure Vic uh, had a lot more to argue with you about, but he kind of let it go. He didn't want to yeah, hurt I you, some, your I ego. Some hot takes today. I came in hot. <laughs> he did come in hot, man. We usually don't. Uh, came and bashing a lot of guys too. You're primed and ready. No, to I don't mean to bash analysis. anyone. Actually, actually, I will leave. I'm gonna. I want to leave on this though. I, I forget exactly like who I said negative things about. I think I. Doc Rivers, great coach. I just think maybe sometimes talked about in a way he shouldn't be. But I, but again, I wish nothing but the best for everyone. And I hope, I hope everyone makes me eat my words constantly. But I got to be honest with my opinions about what I think about people and what I think about things. But I wish, I do not wish ill will on any of these people. I wish them all lo- long, g- great careers in which they're all successful and gather many accolades and all make the Hall of Fame, et cetera, et cetera. There we go. All right. Well, we'll leave it there. Thank you guys for joining the show today. Appreciate all it. Right, much love, boys. All right. Talk to you later. This podcast is presented by Bristol Studio. Sound editing by Rashad Allen. Music by James Grissom. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.